We recording? Yes, sir. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast. Uh, we're recording today because just there's been so much buildup. We just finished inter- uh, doing an interview with Will Scouch. Um, fantastic interview that we'll release closer to the draft, probably next week, Tuesday. But we felt that there was a lot of buildup in terms of Leaf rumors, Leafs being connected to Leafs being interested and connected to literally every single NHL player on the face of the earth that has a remote chance of being moved. I mean, you've all seen it if you've been on the internet. So we decided to do a little podcast, address some of this, take a look what we think the probability of these happening is, and as well as evaluating the talent that's coming in. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. Yeah, What's up? How's it going? That was a great interview. That was honestly, I was honestly nervous. I don't know about you guys. Never I, really interviewed anyone before. Oh yeah, it was very kind nervous. Of setting, but I also nervous. think a lot of people are like very tuned out of the draft this year. And I'm gonna say, if you want to listen to one thing, just to understand not only the top of the draft, but like guys the Leafs could get too. Will gave us like ten guys Leafs could get in the second oh, round. Yeah. It was crazy. Ten guys in the second round, a hundred in the the latter rounds. It was crazy. (laughs) The Leafs have three picks. One of them's in the fifth. One of them's in the sixth. And he gave us a plethora of names for the latter parts. Like, where where are you gonna find that kind of thing, (laughs) right? You're not gonna find it on TSN or Sports. No chance. I'll tell you that. He also touched on our little argument from last week, and I think I may have to eat a little crow to Jason because he kind of said, you know, keep it patient with the Leafs prospects. So he knows. So hey, maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like the energy levels right now. Post interview, we've been talking a lot, a little bit low at the moment. So, uh, a little smelling salt to <laughs> pick us up. No. Yeah. Ready? I, I, I hope the mic picks this one up. Oh yeah, that was a big pop. Holy smokes! Oh, oh yeah. Oh gosh, that was straight up. Shout out Eric and JC. I just want to say uh, thank you to Will for a coming on and b vindicating oh. me. Thank you, Will. We appreciate it. Um, I'm kind of losing my train of thought right now, but all right, let's yeah, jump right into it. Smelling salts have re-energized us. Let's Ooh. go. So today, luckily, I was driving, you know, in my car, had the fan 590 on Frank Saravelli on the the good show with Ben Ennis. Yep. Dropped a bomb on us. A, a bomb. Oh, yes. Go ahead, Joe. Tell us about it. So Frank Saravelli went, uh, there was a lot of things that this was the quote from the graphic we posted on Instagram. It's on all over our Twitter the Leafs have done a lot of work in the goaltending market in recent weeks, and I'll give you a tip. Darcy, Temp- Darcy Kemper has emerged as a primary target for the Leafs. He also went on in paraphrasing but was saying that Freddie Anderson is lower on that list in terms of interest. Um, he had Freddie Anderson, I believe, linked to possibly Arizona down there. He spends a lot of time with, time with Matthews down there. And then he gave up a plethora of other names that could be on the list, but it seemed like he was really hammering home Darcy Kemper to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I thought that was absolutely wild. Do you guys have any opinions on this one? I, I, I like it. I, he's a great goalie, Darcy Kemper. Uh, he could work really well as the 1B. The only thing that some people might look at and be like, hmm, like I don't know if, like, if I want the Leafs to do that, is uh, the only thing about it is that his cap hit is 4.5. But... Nick Foligno's cap hit was five point five million, and we were able to fit him under the cap at one. So, I, I think we'll be able to get him. I think I, I I wonder if we'll retain him a bit, maybe get a double retain going. I don't know, but um, I I 
if we can get him for le- like a, a little bit less than his four and a half, I'd love it. I'd absolutely love also, it. Also interesting to note his actual salary for this year is five and a half. Wow. So more than his AAV. So it makes sense why they want to exactly. deal, especially I mean, in Arizona. Arizona, they're not exactly known for their uh, financial freedom and right. uh, great decision making from their owners. Correct. So, right we're now. you know, we're talking about cap all the time, right? You see a guy four and a half with five and a half actual dollars team like Arizona. They're not capped out. They have no. They'll have no issue retaining salary. And they're trying to move Dvorak as well. So I, I really think there's a good chance you can get him at half retain, which would be 275 or whatever it is. Not a math guy. The other thing about Darcy Kemper, he's kind of like a less heralded guy because he kind of started his career very up and down, I would say. But anyone in the analytics or the gambling community knows like this guy the last two years was an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. He really was. And, you know, if you can get him at 275 as a tandem with Jack Campbell at one and change, like that is a legitimate you have two w- number one goalies like maybe not number one top 10 goalies but you have two legitimate starting caliber goalies you can split time you can ride the hot hand in the playoffs especially going to an 82 game season we haven't had an 82 game season in two two calendar years now yeah. two full seasons have been less. you than don't want to th- i don't think a lot of teams are going to want to throw their starter in for 60 games like they used to i think you're going to see a lot of like 60 40 splits 50 50 splits so I know we're going to pick up a goalie. We're in the market for a goalie for sure. That's one thing Frank made very clear as well. He named a couple other goalies as well that we could be in on. Peter Morazic was one of them. I think he said Flurry, which seems a little odd, but that would have to be No, it's just on the interest list. He right. could be there. Right. Um, but he also mentioned Linus Olmark was yeah. in there. Um, I accidentally actually texted you the list so I can pull it up. But here. one thing that this shows Chris while Dreger, right. Jaroslav Halak, as trade car- targets, he said Eunice Carpasalo and Marc-Andre oh. Fleury. But one thing to look at, other than Halak, most of those guys you could see as like a 1B goalie. Yeah. Which, you know, let's put our, ourselves in the in the you know, in the shoes of Kyle Dubas. It looks like what he wants is close to a 50-50 split from our goalies next year. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know which one exactly we're going to get. I like the idea of Kemper. But I think it's fair to say we should be expecting that. I highly doubt Yaroslav Halak. He's 34 no. yeah. years old. I he think was that injured would be, the past season. Are you going to tandem him with an? No, Jack I think Campbell's that would be like a 50-32 game split. Like, or I wouldn't worse. want him at all. Like, the Who injury knows? issues really scare me with Yaroslav Halak. Right. And, I mean, just bringing it up, it came to my head. I mean, Darcy Kemper hasn't been exactly that healthy the last two seasons. It's a little bit scary to tandem him with Jack Campbell, who had a lot of injury issues last year. But... Darcy Kemper is a heck of a goalie. I mean, from what I've seen from him, he's a big goalie that takes up a lot of net. He moves very, very well and covers the bottom part of the net very extremely well. Maybe at times gets a little bit sloppy in terms of his technique and form. However, I I think this is a tremendous goalie, and his numbers the last two years have been off the walls. I think he played very well at the World Championships yeah, as well so there. I don't think people are aware of this. In 18-19, he was fifth in Vesna voting, and 19-20, he was seventh. So you have back-to-back top 10 Vesna years out of this guy. Wow. Yeah, and on top of that, he had that run in the bubble too. Oh, he was a monster. It was against Nashville, and then against, like, Colorado was supposed to absolutely hammer the Coyotes, and... Kemper had a 49-save win like in there. He kept them in that. If you want to if you follow stats at all, in the bu- in the bubble last year, he had a 9-13 save percentage, but a three and a half goals against average. So consider how badly they were getting outplayed there for a 9-13 save percentage to equate to a 3.5 goals against. That's crazy. He was getting peppered with shots. He played well. I'm gonna just jump to the point. If if I could choose any goalie cap unrelated that's available that I want to put with Jack Campbell, this is the guy I want. 
That's, that's ten thousand percent. And I've seen the names thrown out there. Oh, I want James Reimer back. I want <laughs> some of the names that are coming back. It's cost efficient, and it's like oh, people are trying to uh, theorize. Oh no, no, you need one A and one B. It's like okay, but that doesn't mean two backups. <laughs> when you look at all the goal, the teams that tandem very well, Vegas. Um, trying to think as well. Montreal does Florida it accidentally. Well. Florida. Oh, they didn't do it. That was a weird one, but oh, they were a one pure of goalies, tandem. They were this a year. tandem, but one of them stunk. Can I? They can ended I, up a three-headed monster. Can I segue into Florida for a second? Because another guy we. But before I, to, yeah, to ahead, finish sorry. off here, what I was saying was you have two very good goalies in those tandems to make it one A and one B. The one B is supposed to be a starter on other teams, not James Reimer, who ended up the third goalie on on Carolina there. So. To my to your point to piggy off your back off your point that's a very very ideal oh, tandem yeah. to have mm-hmm. for the Leafs I, and I think despite the injuries it, uh, the second guy on that list I'd be interested in was Chris Dreger I how, is it Chris Dreger Dreger Chris Dreger but I heard on Insider Trading I think it was Dreger reporting it like he has massive interest around the league he essentially said if you think you're going to get him at two and a half million for a couple of years there's no chance so I think wow. he might end up being priced out of the Leafs range actually. Wow. I I, yeah. I could see that happen. He's like, yeah, he he looked he looked good for Florida, and I think yeah. teams think that he can start, even though there's such a small sample there. Put up some um, fantastic numbers, and it's weird because like it's such a small sample. Like you've seen, but other, it's similar to Jack Campbell's. Exactly, that's, that's, that's that was literally what I was right. about to say. It's like we've seen other goalies do this, and you don't. I guess they they ne- that you, we've never really seen a goalie do this and then instantly become a UFA. Maybe that, and, and like at his age, he's pretty young. He's still only twenty eight, right? Nineteen ninety four. So. Nah. 27, no, 28, he's fine. That's still, As a, like, for a goalie, I wouldn't consider that. Goalie, that's, that's, still, that's still a prime. Yeah. That's still prime age. Well, yeah, yeah, with him, he's not the f- most physically imposing guy, I want to say. I don't even think he – I don't even know if he's listed at 6'2". I'm going to look it up as I'm talking right now. But the interesting thing – oh, he's 6'4", but he doesn't look that that big in the net, which is kind of crazy. 205, which, I mean, when you're comparing it to another 6'4 goalie in Frederick Anderson, that's 15 pounds different. So that's why I thought that. But – to me, it was his anticipation was fantastic, and I feel like a guy that was almost out of a hockey career, and you could you could easily at one point when he was with the Brampton Beast, if he retired the next year, it'd have been like, okay, that makes sense. He's making five hundred bucks a week, but he continued on. He pressed on, and he good for him. He's found a starting NHL job, and he's about to get paid. But his anticipation, I found, was very good, and as well as his positioning, I thought was really, really good. So it would be interesting to see what kind of numbers he puts up away from the Panthers. And the, the other thing is, man, if I'm a Panthers fan, I am so mad at Dale Talon for panicking and giving Bobrovsky that contract. Like, imagine right now you have Spencer Knight and Chris Dreger as your one-two. That's a exciting one-two combo that's cost-controlled as well. Instead, they're blowing $10 million on Bobrovsky. This is a legitimately good team, too. They made another good oh, signing. Yeah. They locked up Duclair at a good cap number as well. Man, that this team has could have the potential to be really good, but that $10 million on Bobrovsky is just an absolute albatross of a contract. Oh, yeah, and it's still going to go on for, they what, just eight bought more out, years? They Six, just bought out Yandel, yeah, too. Which we'll touch today. on today. Uh, but, yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's you, any good. other goalies, Joe, that pique your interest? Sorry, dude. Um, to me, I mean, Peter Mrazek simply because of the Detroit kind of factor. I was a huge fan of him just after the the World Juniors, him being in an Ottawa and an Ottawa sixty seven, and the numbers he put up in the OHL, and then progressing to the AHL, and like Detroit's goalies at the time weren't playing that that well, and just the way he was able to push them 
from a young age and then pushed them to the point where it was like, okay, you can't keep this kid down in, anymore. And he took over the starting job and was an all-star. But then after he was an all-star, it all just crumbled apart. And then you've seen two very, very, very up and down seasons with Carolina. So like, what are you really going to get from Peter Mrazek? He's a relatively athletic, small goalie. And I, I say small, and I know off the top of my head, he's only six one, and he's, doesn't cover the most amount of net, but he can be a very good goalie, but he can also be a kind of shite goalie. So <laughs> yeah, uh, inconsistent, but it would be a decent tandem as well. Yeah. Not bad. Shouldn't cost you that much. Only played like what? 10 games, 11 games this year. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on him? No. Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah. Mrazic's great, but I was just thinking about how the goalies are kind of like the QB carousel in the, in the oh, NFL yeah. where it's like, there's so many, there's almost like 10, it 15. Yeah. There's al- but like this year, especially there's almost like 10 guys who sure. could probably be going to different teams, not, not becoming starters, but just on different teams swapping jerseys. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting who, who lands where and to see who the least are able to pick up from that pack of goalies. Yeah, because they're going to be in the market for one. Yeah. Would you guys be disappointed if it's David Riddich coming back? A Absolutely. little bit, yeah. That, I don't think that satisfies, uh, especially if, like like Josh said earlier, if, if we're, yeah. Dubas is looking to look for like a 1B instead of a backup. Notice how it's a 1B, not a 2 or a 3, guys. 1B, so he has to be good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I would not be too too happy bringing Riddich back. Yeah, exactly. Even for 900K, yeah. I wouldn't, in this position that you're in right now, you're not looking for a backup or it's Tampa Bay backing up, like you're looking for a backup for Vasilevsky mm-hmm. here. You're looking for a partner yeah. here. Someone that's going to come in and be able to share the workload and preserve kind of Jack Campbell so that he's mentally fresh for the playoffs. That's where I feel that there's been a change kind of in the NHL. Like goalies... You don't want them playing 70 games like you saw with Marty Brodeur no. and Henrik Lundqvist simply because when you get to the playoffs, it's not that you're like less so physically exhausted. You're mentally exhausted, and you're not able to get that mental edge to help you to get, on, get hot and get on that run kind of thing, right? So I think, yeah, I'd be okay. Jack Campbell or, or, or Darcy Kemper or whoever starting 50 games, putting up solid numbers, and then – Having the other guy thirty or so games, splitting it. Even even if we had forty one, forty one right down the middle, I don't see an issue with that. No, really, as, lo- as long Unless as you're running to, running yeah. with form, right? As long as you're just you know back to back, split the back to back. Whoever's got the hot hand, ride the hot hand as much as you can. I think that's the way to do it. Another guy that was interesting was Linus Olmark because I think he's played pretty well for some poor poor Buffalo teams. So. Yeah. That's just another name. I where, where, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't the least interested in him at the deadline? It was rumored at the deadline yeah. they were interested in him. Interesting. I do yeah, remember that, that very sense. vividly. Yeah. Pretty big guy. Um, I'd almost describe the way he plays as like fluid. The movement's kind of there. Maybe um, the positioning kind of takes a sacrifice. But from what I do know, I mean, yeah, he's put up pretty good numbers, 915 and 917 on very, very bad Buffalo Sabres teams from what I remember and I don't have it in front of me from what I've been told um, I think it was on PDO cast they were talking about it Olmark's save percentage last year was kind of saved from his special teams numbers which is kind of crazy I'm going to try to pull it up as quick as I can now and then his 5 on 5 last year wasn't the greatest but I think it kind of evened out this year I mean he's an all right goaltender but again we've just mentioned 
three guys that I don't think have started over 40 games in the last two seasons. Yeah, but that's that's due to circumstance a bit. It is circumstances 100%. It's also due to injuries. And, I mean, when it comes to a goaltender, you're not throwing the bag at any of these guys. So it's you're in a better situation there, especially if you're the Leafs, because after this year, I mean, Jack Campbell's, this is the end of his contract. What are mm-hmm. you going to do? So we'll see. That's one other thing I wanted to point out. It could be, this is thinking two steps ahead, but I think part of our management does think about this. If you if Campbell plays 55 games and is a Vesna candidate, you're going to have to pay him a ton of money. If you find a comfortable split between two players, you can also effectively fill out your roster with two competent goalies and possibly limit the future cap hit of Jack Campbell at the same time. Something yeah. to think about. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. I mean, it's a huge advantage. You have one goalie who you trust and you have trust in because he's shown you some good hockey at 1.65. Like great. Montreal's paying their goaltenders what thirteen next year? It was over thirteen this year. Like that's crazy. And you have one goalie for one point six five that's gonna take a good amount of workload there. So that's a very good cap efficiency there. Um but yeah, as we mentioned, just I don't want a nine hundred K David Riddick coming yeah. in. The only way I'd see that is if they'd bring that in for like what they did with um Dell. Last year, I know we lost. Oh, like, like a third, like a third, like yeah, as a third. Yeah. That's the only. Yeah. yeah, they probably will have to. Do I, I, I wonder. At a minimum contract. No, Michael Hutchinson is he's, your. Is your seven, yeah, he's I guess third yeah. goalie because you need some space in the Toronto Marlies for the young for yeah. Joseph Wool to play okay. a, a significant amount of games. I don't know what the state of Ian Scott's going to be next mm-hmm. year, but Joseph Wool is the important one, to right. me, In my opinion, at least. Yeah. But. Yeah, I'm excited. There's some goalie talk today. Oh, yeah. There will be more. There will be There's more. There's going to be a lot more because that's a huge target for the Leafs there. You okay there, bud? Yeah, I just almost dropped something. Sorry. <laughs> but I think we expl- – yeah. Well, actually, I read all of them, and we explored all the options that Sarah Valley listed out there. Um, I do have a list from Pagnotta, and I think the only – in terms of linked, his top 31 uh, summer free uh, – summer trade targets and who the Leafs are linked to. And the only goalie here was Darcy Kemper and Elvis Merzlikens was on that yeah. list. But then an interesting on Sarah Valley's list, he had Corpus Salo. Yeah. I think, I think they're assuming one of those two guys yeah. is going to get traded. Uh, I don't really know why though. Like I, I think I, I would th- be pretty comfortable th- with those. They're both UFAs next year, but I'd almost let it play out kind of, but who knows? Yeah. The only thing that makes sense to me is that, uh, like you said, the Columbus is just trying to clean house kind of and yeah. do a little bit of a turnover maybe and uh, just see what assets they can get back. Uh, the only, I'll say this, I'm a little hesitant to trade. Just don't want to give up too much. Like if picks are yeah. involved, it makes me a little worried because we're already thin on picks. And when the market's as good as it is yeah. in terms of like the Free amount agencies, of guys who are yeah. kind of like one beat type that we already mm-hmm. named. Yeah. Do you want to give assets? Who knows? That's Who knows? another question. It, but that, but that'll also, that question will kind of be answered after the draft. And like, yeah. Because honestly, like I, I wonder... How much Kyle Dubas is going to trade back? He's a big trade back guy. <laughs> How much ammo does he have to trade back? That's not, the only problem. Not a lot, but right. maybe you never know. Maybe maybe we can work some magic and trade. Uh, trade Jason, it. you've got the laptop in front of you. Corpus Allo's only got one year left. Yeah. Mers Lickens only has one year left. One year left UFAs. as well. Yeah. And then both are UFAs, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If so you look that up. So that's interesting. I mean, the. Th- Three of the trade targets, and then Mark Andre Fleury was in there just as like a, he is going to be available. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. the Leafs kick tires on him. Yeah, I kind of 
doubt it sort of thing. Too expensive. However, but. that's three trade targets that are all UFAs after this year. So, like, do you want to go after maybe one of the UFAs or do you say screw it and kind of put your balls on the table and trade trade for one of the guys we'll available see. here? Yeah. We'll see. But it'll be that's, – that's one thing. I mean, we'll do a full free agency rundown yeah. episode. But we're just a lot of interest, a lot of rumors crazy today. going crazy. I don't know if the insiders are just kind of screwing with us, but it seems like every day someone huge is linked to the Leafs. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's a good segue. So I'm going to go out of order from the list. We made talking about huge and linked to the Leafs. Gabriel Landiscog was just given a table that was given three different contracts from the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And uh, one was a four-year, one was a five-year, and one was a eight-year. And the eight-year was said to be closer to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So around five, I think, or five or six. I don't know. They, they never gave a number. But it seems as though Landis Cog might not be re-signing with the Avalanche. And I, and uh, the big, big link to the Leafs. Some, some were saying that he potentially could. Uh, it's all a speculation. But that would, what, what, a, what a splash that would be if the Leafs were able to land Gabriel Landis Cog. Here's the part of that that doesn't make sense to me, okay? We'll talk about Hyman in a bit, but the rumor Hyman deal is he'd go back to Toronto if he had five mil over eight years, but he has better offers than that. Yep. So you're telling me that Zach Hyman is being priced at the same as Gabriel Landeskog? I don't buy it. Well, I th- like Colorado, I think, tried to price him at that. That's, that's, that's I don't think the market was. The uh, market okay, has priced not. Zach Hyman at. We'll see, though. Who knows? Lord I'm just saying the what. fact that these guys are in the same conversation. I like Zach Hyman, but Gabriel Landeskog is basically like an elevated version of everything Zach Hyman can give you. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be. It kind of seems like a little bit of a pie in the sky thing because here's my thought process: if he's not going back to the Avs at a lower cap dollar, he'd probably have to come to the Leafs at a bit of a reduced cap dollar compared to market. Oh yeah. So why would he take less to come to Toronto over taking less to go back to Colorado? I mean, it, it, I, like they, the tweet didn't specify his numbers for uh, for the four and five year contract, and maybe he he'll uh, maybe he's looking for. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe the thing, this uh, this is an easy one though. Do you want Landeskog on the Leafs? A hundred percent. Exactly. So 100%. if they could fit him in, they, it's like if, a money contract. Yeah, and uh, even if it's like a short term, and they he, they give him eight up, upwards of eight nine, I, I, if they can find a way to fit fit that under the cap, and I've done done I've done the cap uh, the cap friendly, and, and it's it's doable. It's doable without trading any of the big four, and I don't think you're going to see them any of those guys get moved this off season. No chance. So. Uh, it's doable, and if they're the, that's like the first thing that they're gonna. Uh, sorry, that's the first thing they're gonna make sure is that they have that top four intact before they sign Landis Cog. But yeah, they'll they'll keep the top. They'll be able to do it with by, with keeping that top four intact, and I think it's a no brainer if you can. What if John Tavares goes on the LTIR, <sighs> and then bon, um, sorry, Ton Javarez signs with Akbar's Kazan in the KHL, and he gets some, and then. That guy plays over there, and then John Tavares is ready for the playoffs. Oh, that I mean, w- that I mean, would be nice. That'd I be mean, nice. <laughs> yeah, it could work. It, it could work. I mean, I'd be he, like, suck at Tampa. We <laughs> so better than you guys. I, I'm going to give you guys this as well. Like, percentage chance that Gabriel Landeskog is a Toronto Maple Leaf? Like 22. That's high, bro. That's pretty high. I was going to say 30. I was going to say, like, one. Uh, yeah, that sounds about more he, right. That's, if you that's, listen to what Pagnotta was saying, he was like, oh, I, I, I fully expect the Toronto Maple Leafs to take a run at him. But like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm hearing from a source, per a source. And it was just complete speculation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 
that guy's the king of stirring up uh, <laughs> drama but, but when he's nothing's not, going on. He's but not, he's an insider. He broke the Tavares deal first, and he also broke the Duclair deal today first. Yeah. Like, he he's, breaks trades. He like, is yeah. an insider. Yeah. yeah. But he also does know how to Stir it up. kick up the dust a little bit, right? So what what is real and what is fantasy? It's I'm kind of saying this one's more fantasy, so on yeah. the side of fantasy. 100% I would love obviously. to have Gabriel Landeskog. Who wouldn't? But, I mean, if the Leafs uh, – obviously, if the Leafs can pull some kind of Vegas deal. Remember last year when it was like Vegas is right up against the cap. How are they going to get Alex Petrangelo? And then they just did. And then yeah. – well, they lost Schmidt and Stassi. Yeah, they just sent him away. But now Vancouver's trying to get rid of Schmidt right now. Yeah, because they want to get Oliver ekman Larson, which would be terrible for them. What? But Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know. So, but, <laughs> yeah, that would not be good. Um, do you think Colorado, it gets to a point where if you try to lowball all of these guys like you are, they just leave? Like, if Landeskog's like, you know what? If you're going to lowball me that much, I'll leave. Like, yeah. sure, the ideal model is Boston and everyone takes less. That's rare, though. That doesn't always happen. Especially, like, you think Kale McCarr is going to be okay with getting bridged at, like, $6 million if that's what they offer him? But no also chance. with Boston, you can justify it. Like, look how many 60-point seasons Brad Marchand had. No, I know. And I the know. age at which he signed that contract. Look how many 60-point seasons that David Pasternak had before he signed his. It was 177 I agree. I'm just saying people show that as, like, a model, yeah, on how, which I don't agree with. That's the thing. Like, Colorado's going to learn very quickly. When You're going to lose everyone yeah. <laughs> when you try to lowball them. It's like, yeah, take less will win the cup but it's like okay i'm gonna take less for the eight more years like what's going on here that's uh, not that's not i don't know you got to look out for yourself there also <laughs> losing landis cog is not like losing hyman f- from yeah. that top line like that's no. gonna be a big hit on their top line yeah. oh yeah he's a uh, he's fantastic yeah player. just going off of what you guys said about boston like if you're charlie mcavoy right now you took a a, a a very very cheap deal 4.9 mil over three years and now you see brandon carlo make almost Four four point one over seven eight and like yeah. he's an RFA next year. He's going to be expecting a oh, lot, a lot of he money. Will be 100%. So I don't know how. Yeah, but that's how, why he he fought yeah. for a shorter term so that TV deal cap goes up, more wiggle room for Boston. He's going to get caked at like he's, he eight, better. Eight he's and like and a half. higher. He's a top Even higher. I wouldn't doubt that. He I in my opinion Charlie McAvoy top five defenseman. He's a top five defenseman. That, yeah. One of the best defensemen in the league, no, which is absolutely crazy. He plays in a market like Boston with the biggest loudmouth fans and in the you world. Don't, yeah. Do you have you? How many times have you ever heard Charlie McAvoy's top five defenseman? Man, McAvoy. McAvoy is the best defenseman in the league. How many times do you hear Austin Matthews is the best player in the league from Toronto, though? <laughs> a lot. Like, it's, it, it makes no sense Who knows? at all. But That was the only time we'll praise Boston, but yes. Yeah. Can but. we transition to Hyman now? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I just wanted yeah, to get touch on Landis. So, I think the Landis Cog and the Hyman talk goes hand in hand. Yes. Because these seem to be... Two of like maybe the ten most coveted free agents, maybe five, like two of the five oh, most coveted free agents. I almost forgot. I have to go back. Landis yeah, Cobb. back. Do That's you think that after Colorado tried to lowball him there, they gave him the oh here's five mil over eight years, similar to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who went you went one, one two, two in the draft yeah. with, which is kind of funny. Do you think that he t- his agent just went straight to Pagnata and went? Put something out there right now. Pagnata and Dreger and LeBron and yeah. all, everyone. He sent yeah. them all on an email. He cc'd all of them. It's like this and is ridiculous. And you know what? that's him doing his job, and he should do that because a deal like that is like I don't want to say offensive because the yeah. team's trying to get the best for them. Well, also, think about this. Remember when Tyler Sagan was in contract talks with the Dallas Stars? What happened there? He came out in an interview and said, "I'm very disappointed with yep. where the contract is." Two days later, he was signed. Yep. caked. 
I still think he's going to end up back in Colorado, by the way. Yeah. I think we'll probably see like a seven by seven. You have to twist their arm a little bit. I'll Elliot Freeman compare it to Anders Lee, who signed seven by seven. I think Landeskog's a little better, but I think he ends up. I think he ends up taking a seven by seven at the end of the day. But sorry to no bring it back there. So so the Hyman report that came out today was obviously you know the Leafs have approached his agent about you know possibly trading his rights, and the rumor was that I mean who in the league wasn't in on Hyman. I, I, I got to find the original tweet, but it was an article by Kevin McGrand for the star. It was, we had three Canadian teams. We had Calgary, Vancouver, and uh, Edmonton, obviously. We had Detroit. We had Boston. We had Pittsburgh. It was like, he seems to be maybe the most coveted free agent of all. He's, or he just is from Toronto. One of those two. But the media is going crazy. What I mean, guys, the deals I'm hearing, there's rumors of $6 million over eight years for Zach Hyman. Because he said if the Leafs offered him five mil over eight years with a full no-movement clause, he'd come back. First of all, why would the Leafs ever do that, in my opinion? Second of all, the point was that he has better offers than that. That's what's crazy. I mean, he has better offers than five mil over eight years. What are your guys' thoughts on those numbers being thrown around for one Zachary Hyman? I mean, if he's getting those offers from other teams, he should take those. But I would not. Like, that five mil at uh, eight years, no-movement clause, there's no... There's snowball's chance in hell that I'll sign that co- contract. There's no way I'd ever do that. His his he is the type of player who is he's 29 years old right now. He's on the ro- wrong wrong side of the aging curve, uh, and his I, I, he's like the perfect candidate for a guy whose contract is gonna age horribly, yeah. especially if he's gonna get an eight year deal when he starts to get to 32, 33, 34. Up, up into the like mid to late thirties, he's not going to have the same legs that he has uh, has right now. The, he's already suffered a really really bad knee injury, and honestly, like for me, w- watching him this year, he looked great. But after the knee injury, I just don't know if he. The he playoffs. Had, he had one point. He, he, he it he looked wasn't. like it looked like he lost. Not, it just didn't look like he was fully recovered from it. I don't know how much of that is lingering injury. How much of him playing with an injury? I don't know the exact reasoning why he looked like that but i just didn't yeah. see him as good as he was at the beginning of the year he was generating chances but he, he was but it was I, the I same just, thing i i always bring up when people try to tell me it was like oh matt they i've been hearing the rants matthews and marner suck matthews and marner suck then i asked okay how, how was zach hyman he was great out there he was great okay you can't tell me zach hyman was great while matthews and marner sucked matthews and marner's a generated more chances than him and put up more points what did zach hyman do then his lot of pucks into pads. I, I, I want to point. He out, ruined the good chances that were generated. He had one point. Obviously, the the the, the line didn't score a lot, but his point wasn't even and the empty. It was the, no, no. It was the, a goal. Missed. Oh yeah, the empty netter that he missed. That, but he scored a goal that wasn't even his goal. It was Mitch Marner scored, and then for some reason they oh, just yeah, Mitch Marner shot it from behind the net and it barely nicked off his. I, I end of his stick. I still don't think it hit him. I don't. I, I, I forgot I, about like, that. Like one. that's actually like I I want to well, email the league and let him know. Hey, this did not well. give Mar- Mitch Marner his his uh, his credit here because he yeah. I, I think that was his goal, and that's Zach Hyman's only point in a seven game series against the Montreal Canadiens. That's. That's troublesome. That's troublesome, yeah. That you're about to give that much money. I don't think he was that great the past two playoff series before that as well. But playoffs is a shorter, a smaller sample size, so you got to look at it that way as well. The larger body of work is there for Zach Hyman. Think about how great he was on the third line this year as well, driving his own line. But going back to what you were saying, 
Maybe no. But here's the thing. I agree. But if you give them six mil to be on the third line, oh, okay, and drive, yeah, you know no, what I mean? Okay, the yeah, problem is a team is like Edmonton is going to give them six mil to be the driver with like a Nugent Hopkins and maybe a Pooley Yeah. Okay, and that line's not going to be close no. to as good as they'll think. Okay. It yeah. You, you, he was good. He drove his yeah. own line. Not for that much. But that's the problem, right? Joe, when you give term. a guy six mil, you're, he's yeah. going to be expected to be a second line play driver. I, I think he's playing a knee lander. He's going to be expected to, to be a knee But to go on to what you were saying, the original, the, so the tweet I have here, account for hockey with a four, number four. Great reporting by Kevin here. Front runners are EDM, Cal, uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, with Pittsburgh, Boston, Florida, Detroit also having interest. Hyman would stay in Toronto for $5 million by eight with a full no-move clause, but has already gotten offers north of there. Yeah, so I just quickly going back to what you guys said, second line, I think he's playing on the first line on any single team he's on just because I think that's what people think of him as like a, a Kunitz type where you want him to play with the best player on your team. And he can that be helpful sense. for that's the best player on your team. Yeah. I think if he's on Edmonton, Ken Hall, like, sorry, Ken Holland doesn't do the, the lineups, but I think he's playing right beside McDavid because I think that's will help. First of all, will help keep McDavid in town with a, a guy like Zach Hyman playing with him. And that's no... You're yeah. gonna give you're compared gonna give, to what he's had before. You're gonna give six mil over eight, and that's gonna help to keep McDavid in town. Maybe. That, no, no, I think, I, I, I think that would. I just I like help the camaraderie there. of it because I feel like Connor McDavid kind of feels like he's hung out to dry for a little bit with his, yeah. the partners that he gets on his wing. Get him a goalie that can stop the puck. Get him a defenseman that's not gonna be selling hardware at lows the next they season. Did. They got Cos- they got Koskinen and they got Duncan Keith. And they got James Neal and they got Zach Cassian <laughs> to play beside him. No, like, but I do think. Hyman's ideal role to live up to his contract is playing with players way better than him. Yes, that's yes. how he lives up to his contract. But I don't know, like on that's Boston, how Zach for example, was supposed to live up. To where his would he play on Boston? Uh, Craig I don't know. Smith's line. I don't know. With with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith, like that's maybe a, a, a he's good, not going to put out a, a good third line points. But I do get what you're saying there, but. In terms of, may, I don't know, Stu Hyman has a lot of money. Maybe he purchased some rare knee procedure that now he's a, he's a mega Superman and um, he has bionic knees. Maybe. Who the, knows? O- the other thing I want to point out is Pierre Lebrun has been very, I don't want to say anti-leaf, but he's kind of been dogging on management lately. He sa- sent out a tweet along the lines of, you know, Zach Hyman's going to have to look elsewhere because of the well-known Leafs cap issues. Do yourself a favor. Go on cat friendly. Put in Hyman at six mil. You could fit him easily on this team. Yeah. It would be no issue. Here's the here's the actual problem. I don't care if I had eighty one point five million dollars in cap space. I would not give Zach Hyman six mil over eight years. That's wow. end of story. Especially for a team like if Seattle say were to do that, like that's creating issues then down the line. Six yeah. years when you want to be competing. Right? I I have two names that come to mind when I look at Zach Hyman because these two guys were both still quite good when they signed their contracts but deteriorated quickly. One is Ryan Callahan, who signed a long-term deal. He ended up being dealt to Tampa, and the end of his contract, again, I think they LTIR'd him. They did, yeah. yeah. And he the other, ended up like Ottawa or something? And or? the other one is David Backus, who signed in, in Boston, and he was still pretty good at the end of his St. Louis run. But, man, if St. Louis signs him back to that similar deal, I don't know if they win the cup, honestly, because that contract ended up being an albatross to Boston to a point where they had to give a first-round pick in or, with him to trade him for Andre Case, who's been injured for them essentially so those are two guys that kind of played the same way as Hyman they played in top sixes but I would say in a little more of complementary roles and I just don't think that type of player ages as gracefully as others I really don't definitely not especially with the way he plays yeah no that's a great point he he relies so much on his speed and 
movement to get the puck and to, like to tenaciousness to get the puck and retrieve it. And once he loses those those legs, which you you cannot uh, what is it? You, you can't fight time. Time will always win. Time will like he's gonna yeah. he'll, he'll eventually lose it over time. So. Agree. Yeah, it's gonna be sooner rather than later. Brian Callahan's an actually interesting one. I mean, when you look at it. Oh nine, oh ten. He still wasn't there yet. Thirty-seven and seventy-seven with nineteen goals, and then forty-eight and sixty with twenty-three goals, fifty-four points in seventy-six games with twenty-nine goals, and then thirty-one points in forty-five games with sixteen goals. I mean, around the realm of what Zach Hyman kind of put up, right? My, my off there. But then yeah, he absolutely. signed, and then he signed for five point eight mil. The next season, 54.77 games. Okay, sure, that's what you're supposed to be doing. After that, 28, 4 points in 18 games, 18 points in 67 games, 17 points in 52 games. And like, it's not like he was ineffective, but he was a $1 million player at that point, not a $6 million yeah, player, no. right? And that's the problem. He'll still be in the lineup, Hyman, but he's going to look more like a Leo Komarov than a Zach Hyman at that mm-hmm. point. And I think the organizations need to do their best to avoid players and contracts like that you want to maximize as many players as you can overperforming their contract rather than underperforming and yeah that helps with the but let's let's bring this back though to like let's not bag on it to him too much because hey guys we kind of need him we want him to get traded for picks let's get some picks back for him yeah. i'd be i'd be ecstatic if that happens someone what? on twitter say he was going to go for more more than a fifth i, I don't see so that. It was I that that was that Kevin Hayes? Kevin Hayes got two years ago got traded Kevin from Hayes Winnipeg fifth. to yeah. I don't Winnipeg to Philadelphia for yeah. a fifth round pick. I think pick the highest in recent memory was Jimmy, Jimmy VC, and then he didn't even sign in Buffalo. Non conditional third to Buffalo, and then he didn't he sign ended there. Up back in Buffalo though. <laughs> so whole, I, I mean, even a fifth round pick would be good. We don't have yeah. enough picks in this. Draft, any, any pick would be great. Any pick would be great. So let's let's hope we can. But get, there's a lot of interest. It seems like. Around the league, that or his agent is really, really good at his job. Um, but uh, that'd be awesome to recoup a little bit. So I just don't like how I've been hearing people is like, "Oh, you're letting Hyman walk for free." Like, yes, what, are we going <laughs> to trade him at the trade deadline? Yeah, make our wa- roster worse just so we can get what a two seconds, and then maybe later down the line, eventually be good. Like, that's the dumbest thing I have ever heard. Even when the Leafs had JVR and Bozak, when it was like, oh, do you trade those guys before the trade deadline? They're expiring contracts. What do you do? If you have a chance to win, you win. You take yeah. it and you grab it. You know how much money these owners make from winning in the playoffs? Even just going to the playoffs, I believe, extra five, I believe six, it was games. Richard Petty in his book. I might be 100% wrong on this one, but there was one Leafs, like MLSC CEO, that was saying the Leafs in like the mid, low 2000s. For one playoff game, we're profiting two million dollars. Holy smokes! I buy it. Like Probably a more whole now. Cup run? Oh, dude! Now? Oh yeah. my god! Second round. Let's not get our hopes. Let's let's one step at a time. So if you, if you have a chance to win, you <laughs> yeah. take it. Who and the other thing is, look nothing. at the contracts those guys ended up signing. Yeah, Bozak helped them win a cup, but the last year was how ugly. much did he really help them? And then JVR, they're hoping that Philly maybe takes them in the expansion draft. But they end up deciding between him and Voracek. Looks like they're gonna expose Voracek. But again, that's that contract is not I'd aging rather, gracefully I'd at all. JVR than. They, I'd rather lose well, JVR. Than obviously, lose oh, of course, so of course. Crazy. He's but got a, I, more more term, and he's probably worse. And Voracek is younger, which is weird because I feel like JVR Voracek has been in the league longer than JVR. I don't know. JVR's if, I guess bottom it's the injury. Half of his body is gone. Yeah, like yeah. we saw it when he was on the Leafs. Even mm-hmm. now, it's three years removed. Like, guy's not going to be. Guy's going to be a walker in a couple <laughs> years. I feel like, right? But 
I don't, I, we got a tangent there about no, Zach but it, I mean a lot of Leafs fans probably feel this way. It's like we'd yeah. love to have him, but man, you can't keep him at that no. number. You just can't, no, especially no. not the wear and tear and like the actual what is Zach Hyman? Yeah, it's not. You know, I don't know. Let the hockey men let the hockey men overvalue him and yeah. pay him through the end, yeah the butthole. Uh, a couple episodes back, we talked about Dougie Hamilton, and he kind of did the same thing. And I, I wonder. So th- we talked about him being like more of an agent play to see what he can get on the open market. And I think this is not that. I think this is no, legitimately this is legit. them He's going out and saying, all right, Zach, if I you want today money, they go. They actually announced like they, the Leafs are letting him talk yeah. to other teams. Perfect. Perfect. Let's get, Perfect. Let's get those. Hey, if, I, if I'm Edmonton, I'd definitely give a second for him. Yeah. And Which a seventh. Didn't LeBron... <laughs> Didn't LeBron report that the Leafs are not allowing Frederick Anderson yet? No, he again. He's like he but said. Like, oh, worth noting that the Leafs have not granted Frederick Anderson that right. I wonder if it's because Zach Hyman's market is probably ten times as hot as Frederick Anderson. No offense. In this goalie market, what team would trade for Frederick Anderson's rights? That's why LeBron lately, in my opinion, he's the hardest working insider around. He grinds. I've seen, seen him do it in person. He's just been way off this week, like with some of the things he said. I don't know. He's a big Habs fan. They just lost in the Cup final. Sour. Oh, but actually, I wonder why nobody's trading for Anderson's rights. Uh, maybe because like every reason in the book, he wasn't that good, and there's a million good goalies. But whatever. Yeah, maybe that's why Frederick Anderson is going to UFC events, trying to get the exposure. (laughs) So our last Leaf-related point is, I think a lot of momentum has come out since our podcast actually to. Kind of, I don't want to say confirm anything can happen, but it seems like they're going to go four and four, protect Hull, and then Kerfoot is the most likely picked player in the expansion draft. So, what? Let's confirm that we talked about a lot last like week. I have it written down here: losing Alex Kerfoot. What, what, yeah, what do you think about like that? You're gone. Just quickly, what do we think about that, uh, Mr. I Kerfoot? Do you need any help packing your bags? <laughs> oh, all right. No, uh, I like I, I love him. He was great for our team, and I think he's a good player. Um, I was uh, when we first got him. I was I was hoping that he turned out to be what Nazem Kadri was for us. Never really got to that point, but he's still a very very good uh, middle six centerman who can also play on the wing. And Seattle's gonna love to love him. It'll be great for him. Very very okay. I think he's he's probably better as a middle six winger. Honestly, if we're being honest. Yes, I think that's he's better wing than center. That seems like when he produced the most for the Leafs. Yeah, we saw um, some like the thing was with them. Like you saw flashes of what could be. Like in the middle of the season, I was like, "This is our shutdown line: Mikheyev, Engvall, Kerfoot." We saw it against Edmonton the year before. A little flashes of it. We saw it flashes of this season. This is our shutdown line. Some good offense. Some random offense from this line as well. And like then Alex Kerfoot ended up on the fourth line by the end of the season, and he had a horrible stretch of hockey. And it's just like he's so inconsistent. Like I've seen so many people say, "Oh no, no, keep Alex Kerfoot because then you can trade him after." Like, what are you really, really, really gonna get? Well, for if Alex anything, Kerfoot? they would trade him before the expansion draft. Yes. Like if you yeah. say trade him after, that makes so, absolutely no sense. Yeah, and and I I think when you when you say that, you also have to weigh what you'd be getting back because you're still gonna lose a player, right? So if l- l- let's say you you do trade Kerfoot and you end up losing like. Dermot, is the amount of picks you're getting back going to be worth what Kerfoot and Dermot are worth? Because you're going to lose one of them eventually. Like you just just accept like you you, you got to almost accept the loss. You have to lose a player. This is how it's going to work. We said it last podcast. We're not losing a Brandon Leipzig. We're not using losing some guy who's we don't really care about. We're going to lose someone we like. We are a good team now. We have good play. Like we have a a, a good roster. We're going to lose someone we like. You just got to 
live with it because it's yeah. it's happening regardless. Yeah, like what? I don't know what exactly you're getting for Alex Kerfoot. Not that much. Not that much. Third, Se- second at most. I don't, I don't think even think you're getting a second, man. Three and a half million dollars, fifty-one points over the last one hundred and twenty-one games, with seventeen goals. Like, I understand a lot of people are way overvaluing his his playoff performance. He played great. He put up more num- He put up more points than Matthews and Marner. I understand that he showed up for the playoffs. That was awesome. He he stepped up when we really needed him. However, you have to look at the full sample size here of what Alex Kerfoot was, and as Josh smartly mentioned like at the end of the season when he was playing fourth line with joe thornton would you really have said no no no, we need to protect alex kerfoot we need to protect alex kerfoot no (laughs) you would have said i i would take a bag of hockey pucks and a half eaten bag of peanuts with the shells still in them for alex kerfoot to get rid of him to make that cap space to acquire someone like you gotta, you gotta look at the full body of work here. That's my opinion there. Yeah, and the, and the biggest part I think that you just said is three and a half million dollars, especially in the flat cap, is a lot of money. And I think you yeah. can use that money better than just Alex Kerfoot. I think his contract was signed, expecting the cap to increase a little bit more, and it didn't. That's just the way the the, the way it works. Nothing we can do to control that. But hey, we this is a perfect opportunity to wipe our hands clean of that contract and and use that money somewhere else, maybe in a like a, a a Tyler Bertuzzi maybe like right like let's let's get what did Duclair sign for today three so by three? three by three three by three so like it, if like, that's the market guy, we're like, gonna get a good player oh cheap. yeah if that's the market Duclair yeah. signing three by three I, it looks pretty good honestly yeah like Mikhail Granlin look at his numbers I don't know I don't think he really warranted a raise what we see at this year three and a half three and a half yeah. I think yeah. exactly so like and then so. Granlin put up a point every other game this year I want to say mm-hmm. like. That'd be a decent talk. 27 points, 51 games, and, yeah, three and a half. I think they'll have a lot easier like job to do to replace Kerfoot than a lot of people are making out that I see on Twitter. That's that's kind of like what I want to say in closing. Yeah. You guys said literally nailed every point I wanted to say, so I really got nothing else to say, honestly. All right. So, yeah, so that's – Take care, Alex Kerfoot. Um, Let us know if you need any help packing your bags. I can help deliver it to the airport if so, you want. So quick, <laughs> almost like a rat race. What – Give me a percentage chance they take Kerfoot versus Dermot. Like, what Let's is say it? Seventy-five. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. Taxstall. Uh, it depends. <laughs> depends on the list, but the Leafs' defense coach is the head coach of Seattle, and they didn't like Dermot. They didn't like Dermot very yeah. much. Yeah, I think it's like 80, 20, 80, 80%. percent. Yeah, I was actually looking at odds last night. Limits are only hundred bucks, but um, uh, Dermot is even money, and not too many. Like almost every other teams I looked at were like plus hundred. I think that has to do with like, um. Uh, with with the like the protection lists aren't out yet, so and like there's yeah. like that will give you more information into that. But like Dermot was the clear favorite on the, of the Leafs to get picked. So really, yes, interesting. This is Bodog.net. I think was I th- clear favorite. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I misspoke. Sorry, Kerfoot. 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 Yeah. Sorry, clear sorry. Favorite. Sorry about there that. Yes, go. yes. Uh, Kerfoot. Kerfoot was the clear go. favorite. Yeah, to that makes take. sense. That's why. That's hence why we're talking about Kerfoot leaving. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it's that it's it's late. We we've been talking for almost two and a half hours now with the two podcasts. I, I'm gonna get my words mixed up a bit. Do you want to do like a rat? So yeah, rat race with the Pagnotta list kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So percentage chance that this will actually happen. So first one is Seth Jones. Zero. Yeah, I think it's zero. Um, I, I don't I, think that's realistic at all. And I wouldn't want the least. It's looking at the prices that people have been 
putting for Seth Jones around the league is I don't think I would want a guy. Yeah, that one rumor was the insane. Chicago one, which was Kirby Doc and Alex Debrinkit and a first. Like they wouldn't. Uh, I don't oh, think wow. they should give just Kirby Doc, or they should definitely not give just Alex Debrinkit. Like the the no. prices for Seth Jones are insane. That's that's all I can say. I think Flyers are going to end up giving like two firsts and connect me for him. Like I don't. know. They're going to do something what so stupid. Hell? I really think so, Joe. Oh God, I give it one percent. I mean, just because like. Anything can happen, <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be stupid for, I don't, I don't think it's not worth it. He's not as bad as a, of a player as Twitter would like to make out, make him out to be, but I mean, he's not worth all of that. And the problem is he seems it's to be trending in the wrong direction. That's so, not yeah. something you like. So, uh, proje- uh, exactly. so Dom just uh, released, uh, the Athletic released an article with uh, Dom's assistance of uh most likely uh, players to be traded and Seth Jones is number one for defensemen. And so Dom does, has like a little uh, player uh, comparison tool and um, Seth Jones, his most likely comparables are Alex Adler, Michael Stone, uh, Eric Johnson, Dion Phaneuf. That one actually was interesting. Jay Bomeister and Jack Johnson. I, I could see the Dion Phaneuf. The Dion Phaneuf one those. is... I mean, heavy, heavy yeah. defensive... I mean, playing against the best competition, heavy minutes, and just not putting up that that great of numbers, right? And all those guys are pretty... Most of those guys are pretty big. Big player. Yeah, but, but yeah, he's... Uh, I, I, I don't think... Uh, yeah, but just last little know. note on Seth Jones, I don't think he's a... Number one or number two, he's the more likely of three, four in the, in the NHL. I think, I Maybe with the upside of a two, I think he can still be fine. I just, yeah. it's but hard it's just, to tell. Like yeah. that, that also that Columbus team was like cratered this year. That's true. But His numbers uh, went the wrong way though, for but, sure. Yeah. But my my point being though, it's like that. That's not what you get for a, a, a two. He's not a, he's not a one. He's not a one. Norris Trophy no. candidate, no. No. but he's, so, he's getting sorry. valued like yeah. Chris Pronger when he got traded. Literally yeah, stupid. So sorry, that was not rat racy. But anyways, Connor Garland is a very interesting one. Still needs a new contract, right? So I think the Leafs had a lot of interest in him over the last year, for sure. Definitely at the deadline as well. But I'm going to I'm gonna put this at like a 10% possibility. Yeah. I think he's definitely one of the trade targets for them. But again, I think the the market's too good like uh, for understated free agent forwards. I think they'll probably lean free agent over trade unless it's a guy they love. I'm not sure this is a guy they love. So, I mean, This is just a guy I'd like to put a higher percentage. I'll, I'll give it 30 simply because... And I don't think it's really going to happen at all. However, I would love this guy on my team. Like this guy, this was a guy that put up huge numbers. Sorry, this is rat race. 30, I'll put it at. Go ahead. (laughs) No, and I also, it's not like, this is like the percentage we think that these rumors are true. It's not like if we had to bet, we'd bet 30% that they're on the team. Yeah, Yeah. Just clarification. 30% it might happen. Yeah. yeah. uh, I think it's like less than 10. I think the guy, uh, just a quick thing, I think the guy out of Arizona the least are interested in, I I don't know if it's been talked about that. I feel like Dvorak is someone that they'd be interested in. I don't know if they'd be able to get him. That's a lot of money. Four and a half million dollars. Still kind of working on his game. I think a team like, similar to like in a position of New Jersey, just taking a look at Dvorak where you can play him more minutes, develop him, and like see what, actually you have there i actually right. i actually gonna agree with jason on this one because i they really kind of hammered him with the def- more defensive minutes this year low key yeah. as a center he wasn't spectacular but he's still 24 like this is a guy one points he could be a, not his, necessarily a buy low but mm-hmm. like well, you never know he's yeah. a young center and we definitely don't have a lot of centermen yeah. so his uh, uh, you're, you you are right joe his contract is a bit rich at four four point four but he's he's, uh, he's only 25 and he is He's signed. locked up for. He's, he's locked for the next four years, more, so he's right? gonna be locked up till he's twenty nine. So, yeah. um, 
The only reason why I, I look at Dvorak is because uh, CJ um, a while back mentioned that the Leafs were interested in a forward on a team signed past 22-23 and on an American team that didn't make the playoffs. So he's the one that came to my head. Anyways. Couldn't Connect Me also be in that? Yes. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys in that. We'll see a lot of guys. But... There's only a All few right. good I mean, guys yeah. in that who I think I just looked at the number back. four and a half. I mean, not the most bonafide player, especially at four and a half, maybe. So that's where I'm like, mm. and yeah. I haven't heard much about it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be sniffing around that kind of deal. But what, you didn't give Connor Garland a percentage. I, I, I think I gave him 10 to 20%. Oh, yeah, you said less than 10. Yeah. Josh, you said less than 10. Yeah. I put it way too high. I'll give it 15. So <laughs> I'll cut it in half. That was stupid. 30 no, is no, just no. me. I mean, this is a guy that turned like himself. He was a five foot eight player, and a scouting put. He was scared off in the draft because there was an eight after that five, <laughs> and he put up huge numbers in the queue. Somehow slipped all the way to the fifth round. Went to the AHL. God, I'm dying. Put up big numbers <laughs> in the AHL. He he was like kind of like a Tampa oh. development. Sorry, I'm just gonna take oh over for Joey. Thank he really you. went through their system. He put up big numbers in the AHL. He basically produced to a point where they could not deny him a roster spot no, and he got a roster spot and he, especially this year he produced last year he you showed flashes and then this year he really had great numbers look at the chemistry on that one thank you for taking over on top of that blocks shots i mean one didn't he he scored two goals off of his head one year just like <laughs> a very squirrely guy that's going to get gritty with it and again there's st- there's an 8 after that 5 but yeah just that's definitely interesting i just grinded I don't know. The, I think you gotta again, respect the grind. That's yeah. my that's my overarching. I agree. And I think the next guy on the list might come into the same category, which is Ricard Raquel. Like, you might be priced out of him in terms of like the assets you have, because he's a guy. I'm sorry, if you're Anaheim, I'm not taking anything less than a first round oh, pick yeah. for this guy. Oh yeah, he's yeah. a legit 30 goal scorer in the NHL. Their entire team was absolutely cratered offensively this year. They were terrible. Just say it. They were crap. They were terrible. Um, I would. If on my want, he was the number one guy I wanted at the deadline. Yeah, was Ricard Raquel, and I would I would have much rather given a first for him than f- this is like not even close. But mm-hmm. I think this may be a revisit at the deadline type player. How hundred percent because he, yeah. he he makes three seven and a retain at a whatever, retain one, at half. One that's that's and, one yeah. that's peanuts. Those are peanuts numbers, right? I mean, so when you look at a shooting percentage, it's quite interesting. So fifteen, sixteen, and onwards, it went from eleven point eight twenty goals. 18.633 goals, 14.834 goals, and then guess the guess at what point they missed they started missing the playoffs and playing garbage. Yeah. 9.3, 18 and then 15 and then now 9. Yeah. Like I, he's surrounded by just declining I was gonna players. Say, that's a it's, correlation it's not, of your playing yeah. with Getzlav and Kessler. Now Kessler's done and Getzlav's aging. Kessler's he's not house. Yeah, he's not. They're not <laughs> setting him up like they used to. So yeah, exactly. And I, I can't. I, mean, I forgot he was. He scored thirty goals twice. Like he's yeah, a goal scorer. A, we that's like what we need. It's in just our, an unfortunate circumstance yeah. of he's in Anaheim right now, who was a declining team. They were a competitive team for mm-hmm. a while. He helped them out there, but teams on the decline. It happens, and he's yeah. just in the wrong situation. I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, I would like him on the team. There was a lot of rumors that the Leafs were going to push for him last deadline. That's a player I would. I'd love to have oh, had, yeah. especially now, like another year with yeah, him. Yeah, no, that's the yeah, big that's thing. the cool that's, part. That's there. a swing and a miss, but he would have oh. been expensive. I think mm-hmm. Anaheim wanted a lot for yeah. him, like a lot, a yeah. lot. So I think they're they are going to revisit mm-hmm. it at the deadline. They probably want to keep him around. I mean, you don't want your your younger players playing with total garbage, right? So 
Gotta have someone that's decent. Yeah, and and the biggest thing about him is I feel like he is what our like supplementary players are missing. Like his his, yeah, his prototype finishing is ability. finishing ability. Like yeah. all our guys are good too. Like they all have ability to play two way and drive at both ends of the rink. But we do really lack the finishing ability from our guys. Oh, yeah. So I'd like to see get if we don't get Raquel, I'm going to put it at twenty five to thirty percent. If we don't get him, I'd like to see someone with the finishing ability to come in. Yeah, I haven't heard much. He also smoke. generates shots. Too. That's another thing. Yeah. I feel like some guy, like guys on our team, don't generate a lot of high danger chances in our bottom six. Like he'll do that as well, that's a or whatever point. complimentary winger. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, Percentage wise, what do you put him at? I think zero in the off season. I yeah, think he's. I, I, th- I think we revisit the deadline yeah. for this one. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, sniff around him now. See what the prices are. It's probably going to be too high. Take a look later on. Right. Yeah. Next up was Darcy Kemper. Percent. We didn't put a percentage on it. What? It, quick. Thirty-five percent. Forty-five. Fifty-five. I'm love it. They liked him before this year. I'm sure they really like him. I think this is definitely their number one target and goal. Okay. Yeah. And a small thing. Also, the other team that was rumored in on him as well is Colorado, Colorado which is yeah. interesting. interesting. Totally makes sense. Yeah. 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 I put it over fifty just because. I mean, I think it's just such a good fit there. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Especially if they can get retained. Yeah. Um. And then the next one was Elvis Merzlikens. I mean, Leaf fans will like the name from Merzlikens or Merzlikens slash Corpus Allo. I'll I put this one I'll, at. I'll what do you think? 5%. One of those two. I was going to say 30 to 20, like lower than lower than Kemper, but still like. Oh, I like, feel like, like there's like, actual interest there from the mm-hmm. Leafs and they have legitimately been sniffing around them. However, I mean, in terms of actually getting them, I put it closer to 10 in terms of it, like being a legit kind of rumor. I put it more so 50 50 of it like. The Leafs have actually probably been calling about him. Yeah, I get But that. I don't think it's really going to happen. I will say one thing. People say, oh, the Leafs are always connected to every free agent. Sure, it gets clicks. But, guys, they have cap space, and there's a ton of pressure on the GM. They're going to be making big moves. Oh, yeah. He so has an email list. One, <laughs> one of these guys we've talked about is going to be on the Leafs. I'm telling you. It's, or, or it's going to be a crazy guy we haven't talked about. But the point is, the reason we're going through this is, trust me, they're making moves this offseason. Yeah, he has a newsletter, and he un- unknowing to all these GMs and players, he subscribed them to it, and it's just all <laughs> the great things about playing for the Leafs and being a Leaf. 100%. So, and then, and then, then that's what everyone bases off of. Kyle, There's if you don't mind just adding us to the newsletter, it'd be great, greatly appreciated. We'd love to break newsletter. news and break rumors for you. So, yeah, if exactly. you're listening out there. I think we newsletter. exhausted all the rumors yeah. and yeah. everything yeah. out there. So um, I'm, I'm upset that there's no Thomas Tatar. We'll see. Thomas a lot Tatar. of time. Still a lot of time. One guy I haven't heard any interest on, but I would like in the lineup, and I'll explain why. Yoel Armia, he's a UFA, six foot three, not maybe not the most speedy guy, but he has he can play in the bottom six. We've seen that, and he has a great finishing ability that our bottom six has not had, other than Jason Spezza, just does not have. They have a negative finishing ability. I, Mm-hmm. Frickin' tell you, Pierre. Yeah. Look at the name, <laughs> Pierre Engvall, Ilya Mikheyev, Alex Kerfoot, um, Joe Thornton, who yeah. did not score very much last year. Zero power play goals. Uh, list goes. Adam Brooks had one goal off his skate, I think, but he's exempt from that. Not many guys. I'm happy you bring him because I think he's a really solid player. Yeah, but. I think we might again. He might be an overpay Price candidate. Though? Yeah. Like, let's say That's he gets three by three. You bringing him to the Leafs at three by three? No, no. no that he's gonna get that yeah. minimum though. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, the playoffs he played well. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. He, he's a legitimate third line solid player in the yeah. NHL. Give him, you know, eleven minutes five on five. Give him three minutes on the penalty kill. A cha- little change, uh, power play. Fourteen, fifteen minute guy. It can be legitimately good. 
little, little, little surprise, a little kick from I like that, that bottom finishing. No, ability. I wouldn't hate I it at it. all. I, I would, I would be love all over it. it. Yeah. Um, but I think we exhausted everything in terms of the Leafs. Yeah. Any other, Jason? Do you have like a, a wish? A wish? Oh, I know Jason's wish. Well, it's got to be Landeskog or Hamilton. Yeah, probably Landeskog. Probably Hamilton or Landeskog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously. Uh, no, I just, I, I'll, you know what? No, my wish is that we get an LTIR guy so we can just abuse <laughs> the cap. That's my wish. Yeah, that is go. your wish. Bring us Don Chaveris. My pipe dream is to get slab at like minimum. That'd be wild. Wow. He can okay. still play I, people. I, he can still play. How, how, okay. Hold on. Do you guys think how, okay. Obviously like, like, uh, Ovechkin, his, his contract's in the top drawer of the shelf, right? For gets for Yeah. Anaheim? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I would assume so, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I think so for sure. Yeah. I'm like 90% sure on that one. Yeah. But, um. Let's get to a, a, around the league. Quite a few things happened. When we were just as we finished with Scouch, um, we got the breaking news that Devils um, traded for Ryan Graves. Uh, who do they? Do you have up who they exactly gave up? It was a second and a younger player, ninety-eight, born two thousand sixteen, played thirty games for the Devils. I'm listing everything but his name <laughs> right now, as I usually do. But what what a good pick, pick up for was Mikhail Mitsev, by the way. There Mikhail Mitsev. So what what a good good pickup for uh New Jersey to use the expansion draft to their advantage, which you know yeah. you don't really see teams doing. Uh no. smart move on their part. They weren't really defend they didn't have too many defenders worthy of protecting. And they found a guy who's worthy. They gave up a uh probably bought low bought low on him because chances are uh uh Colorado was gonna lose him in the expansion anyways. They they gave up a second and and uh Prospect, I guess, or close to yeah, prospect-ish, coming prospect up, like a, like cheaper, a yeah. cheap depth, basically. Yeah. I feel like is a better way to put it. Uh, yeah, it's just good, good move for both parties. Hockey yeah, deal, I think so. <laughs> I think so as well. Pagnotta did point out something interesting. So now the devil, you got to think that the Devils. This is what he tweeted. Sorry, let me quote. Got to think the Devils protect Graves, Severson, and Butcher now as their three D, which means PK Subban is likely unprotected in the expansion draft. At nine million dollars wow. AAV, a good bet he stays in New Jersey. They should take him. That's my hot. Take. I, I I would take him, and you could flip him flip right him. away, and he's only on percent retained. Even if you get a second round pick, he's got one year. Who cares? Like, there's not that much talent on New Jersey. To oh, take. Montreal. Did, okay, so no, I think didn't Nashville retain some on him? I so you, you can they double. Didn't. They didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. No, you can, but you you wow. can you can retain twice on a player. So yeah, you can. But they didn't. You can, yeah. But yeah. I I actually like this pickup for New Jersey. Like Jason said, if you look at the makeup of their D, like I know they weren't good this year, but I think they have goals of like being competitive a lot quicker than people think. They don't really have that type of player. They have Damon Severson on the right side, yeah. but on the left side right now they have Will Bo- Will Butcher. Like that's their best Overly and Ty Smith. Those yeah. are two completely offensive players. Yeah. And Ryan Graves fits right into their top four. Ryan Murray's a UFA. Now you don't have to re-sign Ryan Murray. He's good. But I think Graves is a younger version of Ryan Murray. Very similar type players. And I think on Colorado's end, it makes sense too, because it sucks to lose a player in the expansion draft, but they they were in a situation where they, I think they'd rather call They'd rather um, Seattle takes one of their more expensive forwards, whether that be JT Comfort or Don Skoy. And they, they just, it's just almost a leaf situation. You take that guy, that's fine. We'll trade Graves. Make sure you don't take Graves. We'll get a second. We'll get a prospect. At least recoup something. Yeah. Which, if Dermot was a little better, we may have that situation with Dermot that Jason mentioned before where maybe Dermot's traded. But that's a little leafy. We don't have to get all leafy on everything. But it works out for Colorado as well. And, again, people are f- forgetting this. 
Bowen Byram's going to step right into oh, that yeah. lineup next year. Maybe they add one more veteran piece on the back end, but that top four won't skip much of a beat. The other thing we talked about Graves in the playoffs, he was a little weak against Vegas, but I still think he's a promising, decently young defenseman. They got him for two more years than he's a UFA. He's only 25. Yeah. And he's he's showed promise, and yeah. he and you know what, putting him into that lineup, I think, gives him a pretty big boost. So I think it's a win win for both teams, honestly. Hundred percent. I think the biggest thing for them is that he's very uh, defensively sound, can control play in his own end. And when you have a goalie like Mackenzie Blackwood, who's been honestly shelled the past two three years when he's been playing for this team, and he's been good. He's been great, but he's just been abused with the amount of shots he gets against. It's insane. It's if you have a fantasy league that values shots and not not. Like that is a guy you, saves, you take. Yeah, saves. Sorry, saves. Sorry, shots against saves. Um, but that that's a guy. I, he is. He was getting like peppered, peppered when uh, whenever he would play. So it's it's a good pickup for him, and it, it slightly helps out Mackenzie Blackwood a bit. Do you is think nice. this is also a result of, as Pierre LeBron said, that Seattle's asking insane prices for teams to like not pick a player off of their team? So is this a result that instead of Colorado saying? We'll give you a third round or whatever it is Second, to not probably. take Graves. We'll just trade Graves. We'll get something for him. Screw Seattle probably. and their crazy prices. You could take Donskoy or Comfer, and we'll have more cap space to sign Grubauer and Landeskog. I think so. Maybe, it's got to yeah. be, right? Because at this point in the Vegas expansion, we kind of heard rumblings of the trades that were being made, yeah. right? Like you heard about Minnesota ahead of time. You heard a little bit of what was going to happen in Florida, in Columbus. This This year, we've heard nothing, so... Makes me suspicious on, you know, maybe Seattle is getting a little too greedy here. So that could be a huge miss for them, though. Wow. So who, who did you say was uh, protected um, for Seattle? Probably Severson, Graves and Butcher. 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 So Corey Maysack, who is a Devil's Beat reporter, just tweeted out saying that he expects it to be Graves, Severson and Segan. Thaler? I don't oh, know if yeah. I'm Jonas Siegenthaler. Siegenthaler. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's a good defensive defenseman. He came, they traded for uh, Washington for him. I think he's on a cheap contract there. And maybe they just say you could take Will Butcher. We have Ty Smith coming up maybe, to be yeah. that offensive Butchers, role. Uh, or maybe they I'm even wrong. go four and four. I like. I don't. I don't know. I haven't really looked too deep on their uh, situation. They don't have. They don't have too many great. We obviously aren't watching a ton of New Jersey Devils, especially lately. Here, Andreas Janssen, eleven points in fifty games. Did not have a good year. Do, but I mean, Will Butcher is an offensive. It's a one-dimensional kind of player. He's not very good on the defensive end, from what I understand here. I mean, is he really that good? offensively do you want a guy taking up space there i mean no i, I make sense sure you can take him whatever yep. him All or good. pk suban yep no harm no foul all right i don't think it's a huge loss for them he's probably not in like a dire part of their future there but interesting looking at the devils here i mean pavel zaka led them in scoring this year he's turned out to be a little bit of a player yeah that's interesting i mean they took him sixth overall that draft that was very very high but uh moving on to the other around the league points uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter bought out by Minnesota, which was crazy. Because I had some friends talking, he's like, oh, it's a good play, move a little bit of money so they can sign cappers off. There are two years or three years in that buyout period where it's one sixth of the cap that these two guys that are not on your roster are taking up. S- somebody said this that Bill Guerin just left quite a mess for the guy who's going to replace him, and that would be all I have to say on that topic. Literally, you this, think Gil- this Guerin's. Oh man, <laughs> what he just did here was—it was not right. Like, I don't know how to say it. he completely bundled his situation. We talked about Minnesota when they signed Eric Sinek. Like 
this is a promising team. Like, let's like on the up keep and adding. Up. Ryan Suter's a, a like a, a okay, decent that's player. The, thing. the crazy one is the Suter one. The Suter buyout was like he didn't still even expect good. it. He said he hung up on the GM when he called him. So when you want to talk about a guy who was not like blindsided, he hung up on Bill Guerin when he got the phone call. So that the interesting part of here is the reason why he did it. The only reason why he did this was to because they weren't willing to waive their no movement clause. So he wanted to protect Matt Dumba, and it makes you wonder: like, is this oh, worth it? Mortga- mortgaging your future to protect Matt Dumba. You've now given up Alex Tuck. You've given up, I believe, a second round pick. That's right. You've You're given right. up. Uh, you've you've spent twelve million dollars, fourteen million dollars, fourteen million dollars over twenty twenty two to twenty twenty five, all to not allow another team to get Matthew Dumba. At that point, you just got to think to yourself, maybe you're just galaxy braining yourself. Maybe you, you you just let him take like, or Hey, you could do what, uh, what, uh, Colorado, Colorado just did. did. I know. And trade him, trade him for, for picks. This is what we talked. Teams about. are willing like, to buy, like, especially even if it's a buy low, also, like, you know what, even if you can't trade him, take your medicine, let them take one player from your team. Yeah. And you recoup. It just yeah. is very poor work by Bill Guerin. Again, he's a un, I want to say untested GM. He's as new on the job. He pl- like he's a local guy, U.S. guy. Like it's not going to go well for him. I'm sorry. I could t- you could tell by the move that yeah. was just made. Mm-hmm. This is not going to so, end well. It's so interesting y- because he looks like he physically his face. He looks like <laughs> shite. He looks like complete shit. It looks like he's a catcher's mitt of 30 years old. This move is not going to you know do him well for his agey aging there yeah it looks like yeah it looks like someone punched him in the face 400 times and then and then he got uh stung by a bunch of bumblebees yeah he's his aging is gonna i don't know what's gonna age worse his team or has his face he's yeah that's rough again and i honestly i think Suter is gonna go to a team and be a legit contributor and i think parise is on a one-way ticket to the islanders that's it and and uh, you're very bearish on him, obviously, and that's fair. But I've honestly like I, I don't hate like some of the stuff previous stuff he's done. He's made some decent trades, p- picked up some good players along the way. But this is just like a just makes you wonder what's Re- going. Remind me of those just just so I can. Kevin Fiala. That wasn't him. That was, that was oh, that wasn't him. him being there. Oh yeah. my goodness, that was that GM that lasted one year. So then, never <laughs> mind. Never mind. Sorry, I thought that was him. He did um, the so um, yeah. Bye bye, Bill Guerin. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> he, okay, yeah. He signed Kaprizov, whatever. I think he was in on Talbot. I think Zucker? that he was the one. Um, I don't think that was Trader him. Zucker? He was nineteen. Start like end of. August 21st, 2019. I'm just off the top of my head as well. Like, Kaprizov came in. I believe he was the one that signed Cam Talbot. He made the trade. Marcus Johansson for Eric Stahl. Um, I mean, Kakinen came in. That's not him. Sorry, I I was just completely wrong there. I'm looking through all his trades. I I thought he was the Fiala trade. The team was on the up and up, and then he didn't. He just kind of sat there, and then they developed, and then it was like. And then congratulations, you signed the number one prospect that was already under your power, like to an entry level deal. And now you're you're messing around and not giving them the proper contract. Like like Stalls was the same thing. He was not expecting to be traded at the time. If you remember, there was he's kind of unceremoniously just traded off three very well respected veterans. He's trying to build a culture in Minnesota and I don't think he's doing a very no he he's is. Not. that's that's his no but that's no, his thing he's not doing a good job he's not doing a very good <laughs> yeah. job at all no right. like just randomly just buying out and trading guys that to in deals that don't really benefit your team 
doesn't quite make sense. I gotta say. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah and when when you do that, you're really mortgaging your future. I, I it doesn't like for anyone saying this is going to help them sign players. This doesn't help them sign players at all. Just because you have two million dollars, only two million dollars in in like sorry, only four million dollars. Forgot that they're both combined, taking up of cap this year. You're still gonna have the other ten million left for next year. And how how are you gonna get rid of players? Like how, what are you gonna do about that? Right? It doesn't help them at all. No. All this does is allows them protect to protect Matthew Dumba. And <laughs> going forward, if they want to be a successful team, they're really gonna need to lean in on their prospects and pray that they can perform in the NHL because there's really no other way so of them get getting talent on their yeah. on their on it's their kind roster. It's funny because going into this we were like I don't think GMs are going to make the same mistakes they did with Vegas and it quite looks like I'll do it again. <laughs> I'll do it again. The <laughs> other thing is the thing is oh they're clearing up cap space to get Jack Eichel. First of all, if I'm Jack Eichel and I look at that situation right now where <laughs> whatever it is, 15% of the cap is taken up for year 2 and 3 of me being there, I'm like why would I ever want to go there? That'd be near the bottom of the list of teams I want to go there now. Not, not at all. I mean, especially how they just you got to understand there's when you talk about building a culture, how unceremoniously trading your two longest tenured play or buying out your two longest tenured players, not even giving them warning. How does that if you're Jack Eichel, you look at that. It's like these guys don't care about the players. They don't care about respected veterans. Like you call around the league, talk about a team like uh, there's not going to be good things to say about this Minnesota team. So and now imagine if Kaprizov goes to the KHL, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. What what a full 180 would be for the Minnesota Wild. Like the Leafs went around, okay, they got local guys that grew up in Ontario or Greater Toronto area on cheap deals to come in, try to help out an up and coming team. Could you imagine Minnesota trying to do that now? <laughs> How quick they would get hung up. Hello, this is uh hey there, this is Bill Garen. We're really interested. Like click. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> and I I wonder if this is like an ego thing from him because they weren't willing to waive their no no movement clause. I, I just don't understand why. It might be, but that you got to check your ego at the door as a hundred percent. But that's the problem. Sometimes he's a too former emotional. player, right? Yeah. He yeah. was a leader on teams too. Like you got to step back from that. You're not the star of the show anymore. Exactly. So. Which is crazy because as a player, he was like known as the great guy. His saying was, "It's not that hard to be a great guy." This is not how you. Be like, take your own advice, Billy. Yeah. I don't know what to <laughs> tell you there, but really quite a weird move. Both guys will end end up in teams, and I think, I mean, I don't know. Do you think one of them ends up in like Tampa or something? No, I th I think there's a good chance Jeez. they both end up on Long yeah, Island. Honestly, wow. I think, I think Parise almost almost certain. The other crazy thing, guys, Lou Lamorell is going to try to trade for Zach Parise. That's insane. But that we won't get into that. We won't get into that. But yeah, I think Zach Parise will. He'll probably fit in pretty nicely there, actually. I think he's got some game left as well. Like, I think even if you sign him up to like two, two and a half for one or two years, that's not bad. Suter can get a, if someone wanted to give him five mil for a year to come in and, you know, really help their defense, a team that needs it. Maybe you look at a team like Boston, for example, maybe Washington can use a little depth. Like he's a legitimately good player. So I think he's going to have a very strong market. And yeah. Parise got cratered by a, a shooting, shooting uh, drought. The other but thing also, is they, they also jerked him around less. this year. Yeah. yeah he was in and out of the lineup. He was. He played like almost. Three and he was full good minutes. though. And he played three full minutes less per game this year. They scratched him. I don't even think he played all the playoff games. He he's the veteran who can still contribute at an NHL level. Yeah, he he's played like four still very playoff good. games. He like, had three points. Not very good. Sorry, but like for his age, he's good. Three of those games. And I just want to go back to say that not only was this to protect Matt Dumba, but it was also pr to protect Nico Sturm as well on forward. And the funniest part is, is these guys are unrestricted free agents after this year, like Nico Sturm this year and next year. You're not going to resign. You can't with what you just did. 
You're just not going to resign. So what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, uh, enough Duncan on Bill Guerin. Let's. You want final thoughts? Maybe they literally tied for the team league, team lead in the playoffs in points. And, and he, he played, played four three games. less games. Yep. He's wow. got game left. They both have game left, so Craziness. we'll see. <sighs> the last, the last, or one of the last things about Shea Weber. I mean, this is kind of a delicate conversation, I would say, because the reaction of everyone was like, "Okay, we know he's a tough guy, and he's played through injuries, and like really hope he'll be okay." I think everyone would then go jump directly from that conversation to, "Okay, is this just an LTIR play?" That's what That's, I've heard a lot. Yeah, and I, it's like it would just be speculation at this point, right? Like, who knows? How long is he out for? I mean, he's it was just—it was just an oddly over. released article. It was almost like everyone, hey, look, we're going to expose him, but he's really injured. So, yeah. <laughs> and it I, was I, odd. I, I was at first, I was wondering, like, hmm, is, are they doing this as like, hey, like, pick him? He's injured. You can just stick him on LTIR. But now that I think about it, they're just going to do that. And I wonder if they're just going to try and abuse well, this. It's at, not for sure. I think the NHL is reviewing the the situation. Interesting. See. Interesting. That's what they've said on the but, radio hey if, if i'm montreal i'm absolutely doing this for uh, all the four years that are left on shea weber's contract he makes seven million dollars he's still good but if if i have the chance to get seven million uh, seven million dollars more worth of players and still probably get shea weber back for the playoffs i'm doing that in a heartbeat like it's i, I think it's been done before and i'm gonna do it and try and abuse it i think if that is the case uh, montreal's gotta have a good shot of getting jack eichel if they want oh my goodness because they have enough young players that are like you put cock and yemi in there you put a, maybe one or two first. You you could even put another roster player. They have a ton of guys signed. Could it be a Jake Evans? Could it be an Arturi Lekkanen? Jonathan Drouin. Could it be a Jonathan Drouin, right? Could it be a Romanov as well? These are guys who are kind of on the cusp for them. But if you get Jack Eichel, just send those guys off, yeah, right? Yeah, no, no and question. then you look at a possible Eichel, Suzuki, Deneau, top three centers. I don't even want to talk about that because yeah. it scares me. Let's move on. So, But the o- only thing is that they uh, today it was announced that Montreal is willing to let Deneau walk to free agency and check out offers and come back. So yeah, maybe okay. he's not even back, but still, yeah, Kakanyemi we'll is your three C is not, or you deal him, or well, Jake Evans is your three C, yeah. whatever. If well, you have, it doesn't matter. They, they if you have, have Eichel Suzuki. They're but. still they're, they're still That's a good fair, team, fair. and the biggest thing that they're missing is a Jack Eichel, like a high guys, end, high end. We're exposing center. Shea Weber, but he's so injured. That was the article, though. No, he's like that's so his, guys, he's so hurt. That's what it was. He's <laughs> not. He might never play again. <laughs> oh my God, that's insane. But yeah, like that whole situation just I didn't read the article, but like And it also just like sounded honestly really credit weird. to Weber because when that trade first happened, Super I was like, Oh, Montreal got fleeced. He has been solid for them. Oh, yeah. The shot hasn't deteriorated, so he's the number one scoring threat of any defenseman in the league. And he's still been a solid enough five on five contributor. So you know But also when you remember that the big th- issue with that trade was, was this going right to be here. Yeah. This right here. Yeah. With yeah. the recapture and all that and yeah. but but the yeah, recapture only goes, doesn't it only go to, it's, it Square, goes, doesn't it affect Nashville? It, it yeah, affects it does, Nashville. It I think it's like, tw- I, don't, I don't know exactly how it works. I think it was like $20 like million. If he's dollars on over your f- roster like this year with his hand, leg, upper body, lower body, mid body, his body injury, like, is he going to be the first player out with a body injury? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Also, um, credit but, to him. Like, if he was this hurt and he's playing the way he did in the Stanley Cup playoffs, like, that's awesome. Yeah. He's a yeah. warrior. Yeah. And he can 100%. still shoot the puck. Oh, yeah. And uh, honestly, like. And didn't he have, like, a broken hand? Mm-hmm. Wow. He had a broken hand and he ripped the puck no a couple ex- times. Broken hand, no excuse for Brendan Gallagher. I'm saying it now. No, I'm sorry. No, that was me. Are you kidding me? That was me. Sorry, that guy no. looked like he was playing with one hand as well. <laughs> like, some warriors in Montreal. Damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the last point we got here Keith, Wan- Keith Yandel. Bought out. 
I think we probably probably kind of expected that. Obviously, there was that whole hoopla preseason about his Iron Man streak and them possibly scratching him. They had to clear cap to sign two players. They signed Gustav Forsling today, who played really well for them. When Ekblad went out, he was elevated to a top four role, and his numbers were actually really good. So getting him at 2.7 times three is like, consider him almost a Justin Hall type player, right? Like, Maybe, like I don't know if he's better or worse. Obviously, that would be up to How opinion. How did they acquire him again? It was a Chicago trade. What was the? What was the? It was from Chicago for sure. But like, what? It was on waivers. Wow. They got I him think through waivers. Yandel, wow. Yeah. Yandel also got scratched three times in the playoffs. I believe is that correct? Uh, he was just a one-dimensional yeah. offensive player, not very good at defense, and you can't be paying a guy yeah. that much money to do that, right? And I mean, credit to Bill Zito. He's like, other than Julian Breesbaugh, who cheated. Um, and I mean, he cheated and got away with it. So that's why he's the GM of the year. Bill Zito did a fantastic job here with this roster. Just the rejigging of little things here and there to make Florida such a competitive team. And I mean, look, when you look at it, Josh, as you mentioned, Gustav's Forsling, um, you reduce the minutes of Keith Yandel. Probably didn't handle it very well, but reduced the minutes of Keith Yandel. Anthony Duclair, one year, one million. Carter Verhage for a couple million dollars. Um, Alexander Wenberg on top of that. Like, I mean, Chris Dreger brought back, which he was already there, but like, fantastic. Like, just oh, Patrick Hornfist. Sorry, I missed that one as well. He was a con- solid contributor this year, and they didn't have to give up. What did they give up? Matheson? He yeah. stinks. No, not Nothing. much. Like Nothing. all those little moves, and it's like mm-hmm. we got a hell of a team. And yeah. on top of that, Ekblad didn't play this year barely. Yeah, and played half a season. It's crazy to think how good Florida is right now, and how good they could be if they didn't have Sergey Bobrovsky, like we said earlier, with that Albatross oh, contract. That. Because oh. they like look like if I I look at their cap friendly list, and they're like, I'm like, how are they paying their forwards so little? How are they paying their D so little? They're all so good. And then I look and I say, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's why they're paying them so little is because they have. $10 million on the books. I will say one thing, though. It's tough that they, you know, have that Bobrovsky contract because this cap flexibility, otherwise they have, Barkov's a free agent next year, yeah. unrestricted. So put a one in front of the number. I don't know what the second number is going to be. That's a double-digit number for sure, and that's a guy people are going to go so crazy for. If you're Florida, how, like, I don't even know if this is possible, but are you going to try and see if uh, – the, if you see if Seattle would take Sergey Bobrovsky from you, or what, or for your oh, Sergey, definitely leave him. I'm, I think he has a no move though. Yeah, he's a, they have to protect him. He has a full no move. Wow, I did yep. not even see that. They have to protect. Not a good him. contract. Let's just say that. Not a good contract. So it becomes a a a, a no trade clause in 2024 where you can submit a 16 team. He's no not trade going list. anywhere. That's he's on the Panthers for the next five years. Yeah. That's it. Unless you're wow. a Boston writer, then you suggest that the Leafs should take him. Yeah, nice. So, so quick pivot before we go. Yandel, any suitors? I saw Boston, but, like, they kind of have Matt Grizzlick, who's just, like, a good version mm-hmm. of Keith Yandel at this point. Like, you see any teams? Anyone who's looking for a, maybe a little power play, sheltered minutes guy? Anyone you could think of off the top of the head? Are you, are you, are you hinting at the lease here? No. no. I don't know. You said power play no, and no, sheltered no, minutes. No, no, no Absolutely no. not. <laughs> no. I, th- I thought when you said power play, you're like – Trying to get at the least. No, uh, I honestly uh, not at the top of my the head. The one no. thing I thought of was maybe a cheap option for Edmonton to replace Tyson Berry. Yeah, maybe, but they. Yeah, yeah. I think they have most of their D pretty much locked up. I think uh, they're still looking for a bottom pairing D. Oh, who cares? Their bottom pairing. D. I think it's going to be Nurse. It's going to be Nurse Keith Bear. Hopefully, they resign 
Larson. Larson, yeah. Chris Russell's still on the books. What about Slater Coco? So, but but other, it's not going to be – they're going to want Bouchard to play. That's the thing. So yeah. do you want Yandel to stop Evan Bouchard? I don't think so. so. I would want – I wouldn't like I think that. he's he's going to have to go somewhere on a minimum, really. I think he wants to go to Boston. He's going to try to get to 1,000 games in a row, no? Yeah. Like, that's his goal. Maybe Tampa Bay. Small, yeah, like Tampa Bay. I would say Shattenkirk style. Yeah, yeah maybe Vegas, Vegas even, too, to, like, try and replace, maybe. like, slightly replace Martinez's mm. uh, production. No, 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 Different no. player. Would be, no. He would be going in as, like, what Nick Holden was this year. But isn't oh, okay. Nick Holden signed for next year? So, that's a tough one. I mean, but Tampa Bay comes to mind right away for me. Put him with I – I'm not even looking at what hand, like what side he plays on right now. That would be probably pretty important. You know, he's a left side D. So, Cernak's right, correct, or am I wrong? I who would be thinking Hedman. I can't even remember what side Hedman plays Honestly, on. who cares about – Idiot. Which way play, players shoot? He's so a like, left side. So, matter. no, it wouldn't work there either. But, I mean, yeah. So, maybe Tampa Bay. I don't know if they can fit him in that system there. Maybe. But – I mean, yeah, his his best years are behind him. It's mm-hmm. power play specialist, baby. That's it. Yeah. If you can shelter him enough at five on five, squeeze that power play value out of him, he's a, then you have a solid deal there. But I mean, if you need a defenseman to be playing those five on five minutes, oops, yeah, I, I don't okay, know yeah. about that one. But I mean, is the Iron Man still intact for yep, him? Yep, it is. So another one, maybe Montreal. Cool. Maybe. Yeah, to replace Eric Gustafson. That could work 100%. Kind of makes sense. Same type of role. That would 100% work there. I like that. I would actually like that one. Yeah, makes sense. He he's a good enough pl- like player that like if you any if you if he signs a cheap deal, he's like he's worth it for any team that does it. Yeah, he brings enough to the table yeah. where if you have yeah. him in the right role, he'll overplay like yeah. a 70%. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. a really good point. Really good point. Um I think I mean I think that we went through all of This was supposed to be points. a short podcast, but we kind of just What's it at? An hour twenty-five. Oh God! <laughs> a lot okay, of content. I know you guys, guys like it, out. so hopefully you enjoy. Yeah, and I agree. If you guys can do us a favor and just follow, uh, leave uh, leave reviews if you can. Get, leave just review let, the get, podcast. Yeah, get some get some S SEO out like the search engine optimization. Get the Google review algorithm going. The we, podcast. We we uh, we we want to hear feedback from you guys. So and just follow us follow us on social media, Rink Rat Report, and just. Just let us know As what you Josh guys likes think. To say, send us unsolicited DMs. Absolutely, <laughs> not of your genitalia, though, please. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Go Leafs, go.